You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. David Hall, returning. Hello. Gregory Hectus. Yo, yo, yo. Tony Gibson. Actually, that's Groves, but uh, good evening. That is so funny. Tony <laughs> Groves, Will Gibson. <laughs> Who's Tony Groves? Oh, that's the crew chief, right? Tony Gibson? Crow, yeah. Okay, sorry, Tony Groves. And uh, finally, uh, back is, again, Will Gibson. Welcome. <laughs> hey, what's up, Mike? Blah, 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 blah. It's one of those days. Uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, First of all, iRacing, uh, iRacers Lounge is sponsored by, or sponsors, the Old Bastards Racing League uh, ARCA Series on Monday. And we got now a two-time winner, Steve Thompson, wins again, led the most laps, and with the last lap, a restart captured his second win in a row, with Mike Schrader finishing second, Joel Kilburn third, John Hastings won the Hard Charger Award, gaining 19 spots, finishing fifth, so, and, uh, ARCA professional driver Kevin Pearson is actually leading the iRacers Lounge championship point standings for the ARCA iRacers Lounge podcast series. Pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't get a race that one. I think Tony, you did, didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't you call the caution? <laughs> um, no, actually, I did that not. That was the week before. Time. That was the oh. week before. Oh, oh, I didn't but, want to be uh, the only one this week that caused a caution in one of their races. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more in our uh, our, our party uh, section of our mullet style. But <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I was there. I was definitely there. It was a good race. All right. So check them out. Uh, let's jump right into the topics. Greg, you're up first. So I guess they had another hot fix this week. I guess they're still fixing some issues here. So I guess that's what the fifth hot fix for season four. Um, they have a couple, couple quick fixes. Uh, I guess they fixed the issue physics causing the cars to uh, pitch and roll. I guess that was from the screenshot we saw last week. Right. Where um, they were digging into the banking. Yeah. And I guess some audio clips. I know some of the teammates were saying there were some crash sounds that weren't actually any crashing going on. So that would get maybe that was some of the audio improvements. Uh, and some setups for the trucks and K&N cars were added as well. Um, so it was just a quick fix. I know the guys were trying to get on and testing. And it was uh, down for, what was it, Tuesday? Yeah. So. All right. All right, Will, you're up next. Yeah, we got a video this week on um, iRacing's YouTube channel. It was actually called Tech Talk with Clint Boyer Racing. And iRacing Steve Reese sat down with Anthony Burroughs. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, it was actually a really good 20-minute interview. They talked all things about dirt late model racing. Um, they talked about the logistics and the cost of racing a dirt late model, along with a lot of the components on the car, how they work, how setups work and change through an event. Um, so if you're into any kind of dirt racing, especially the dirt late models, there's a, a ton of good information in there that you can really kind of work your way through and get some good stuff out of it. Oh, yeah. I actually watched all of this because it was just fascinating. 
uh, them talking about how to set up a dirt car and uh, the the physics behind it, why we are doing it, how does it affect the car, uh, what does it mean to get on the bars and get off the bars. Uh, there's all this terminology and different things. And what's so neat about when I watched the video was they're not talking specifically about the real dirt car or the iRacing dirt car because they literally are the same thing. When you do, when they talk about the setup, they're talking about you can change it on the iRacing side and it does the same thing as the real side. So uh, it's kind of neat to see how it just all blends together. Yeah, they would have little um, pop-ups during the video where he'd be talking about, you know, camber or something. And they'd pop up and, and show him changing the camber in the sim. And a couple other adjustments I had never even heard of. Even being a, a dirt late model fan, those cars are crazy. I, I had no clue. And I thought I have a any idea how to set up a, a stock car, but I, I know a little bit what's going on. Those those dirt cars, man, he was talking like another language. It was nuts. Yeah, and uh, it also, you get to know a little bit more about Steve Reese, who's uh, one of the superstars that works over at iRacing that really makes these cars work and, you know, develops the chassis and the setups and how the physics of the car work. And uh, it, it's interesting getting his perspective, too, and some of the questions that he was asking, uh, you know, Anthony Burroughs about who was the crew chief on that car. And obviously, Anthony is uh, very well-versed in how these dirt cars work. Yeah, a lot of what they talked about, I feel, in the sim, um, a couple times they talked about if the car is tight, is it because it has too much traction? Is it because the car itself is tight? Because... A lot of times you'll feel something in that late model because of the way it's up on the bar. As it, is it the back end steering wrong? Is it the springs? Like, what's causing it? And they talked a lot about that. So I'm definitely going to want to go back and rewatch that two or three more times and try to pick up on some stuff because that is probably one of the most difficult cars to set up on dirt at the moment. Yeah, that's the iRacing YouTube channel, guys. So check it out if you're interested. All right, Chris, you're next. Yeah, next, um, for the podcast, John Hammer posted some stats on the average incidents per start in NIS. And it's uh, it's pretty interesting because it's been pretty consistent over the last few years until this year. So 2015, uh, fixed average was 6.2, open 6. Uh, 2016, fixed was 6.1, open was 5.8. 2017, 6.1. Opens 5.7, so all those are pretty much the same. And then in 2018, fixes at a 7.6 and opens at a 6.9. Wow. So, yeah, so that's, I mean, when you, it doesn't sound like a lot when it's, a, you know, percent, percent and a half, but when it's that, con, that consistent over the years, and then you see that spike. It, any, can you think of any explanation for that? And do you think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the, when we get this new damage model and we see, you are these ghost 4Xs and, and stuff like that if we'll see those numbers go down. Well, it's got to probably do with the amount of numbers going up per year, too. Like, they've had a, a, an extra amount of people on the sim, too, right? So there's, maybe there's more splits. I don't know what the numbers are compared to participation from the years before, either, right? Well, the average numbers is going to be set whether you have large, fewer people or, or less people. You're dividing by the number of people. It's... There's people are racing the NIS like it's like it's a 20 lap, you know, sprint race or final heat. It's there's just no patience from the top to the bottom. Yeah, holy cow! We'll talk about that later, Hectus. 
Yeah, we saw some of that in our race. This <laughs> yeah. Damn. Well, not only that, the, the the cars are different this year. They they they've totally changed how the cars are on the track, so they're 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 a lot harder to drive now than they were. Well, that's years. it right there. Tony found out the answer right there. Yeah, but it's they're it. not any different than back. You know, I know the NSIS is a little bit different from what it's been previously but when they didn't have a tire model these cars were a lot worse than they are right now waiting for a tire model well, well the tire models we got okay but if if you look that the spread is is um within point kind of the same yeah for three but, years and then it jumps a hundred percent in one year so just from 2017 to 2018 there was a big jump that's what the numbers show what changed well that like you said the car changed we had a little bit more population but not much to tell you the truth maybe it's just to the car and the driving attitudes in general that's part of it too i think it's a multi-answer to the question you know but i think it's the car i think it's more people i think a little bit more participation and you know just more incidents i feel personally i've had more incidents this year than last year Sorry, Sorry, guys. What 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 I've noticed um, uh, between like last year and this year. Now I've been bottom split the whole time, and uh, you know th- this year I don't. I, I could count on one hand easily the amount of um, l- long runs that I've had, like green uh, green flag pit stops. Um, they're they're an absolute rarity. Last year um, I actually had quite a few throughout the races, um, but this year, yeah, I. I'd struggle to be able to pick out what races um, I actually was able to to do that in. Do you? Uh, I would ask Mike. Do you feel participation's gotten better? From what I hear, it seems like participation's gone down over the years, which would mean less splits, meaning more people are packed together in these events. I don't know what your thought on that is. Yeah, I think it has gone down. Even though overall iRacing has gone up because of dirt and other things, I think NIS has gone down consistently. Well, look yeah. at the last probably, I would say, six weeks. Thursdays used to have like four or five splits. We're struggling to get two complete splits now on Thursdays at least. I don't know what it's like on Wednesday nights for like the open races. Yeah, here deep in the season, you know, Daytona is different. We had a the biggest Daytona 500 ever this year with the the amount of people that ran. I think it was seven or eight hundred or more. But uh, nowadays, when we're way deep in the season, I mean, yeah, we are lower than we were last year. I think. I think a lot of people are pretty frustrated with how caution festy it's been all year. Plus, there's there's getting to be a almost a perpetuating feedback loop where you start having long run or so many short runs that nobody feels like they can be patient. So everybody is constantly trying to win on lap three of a run. And that's one of the things we'll talk about in our race too. There was some problems with that in our race earlier too. I see a lot of um, races too, where people will take no tires at the end after probably one of the longest runs they get. And that seems to cause a lot of issues as well. Um, that in, I would, I don't want to say it's impatience, but if you know you can't start with old tires, why are you trying to start with old tires? And there's probably in an average race maybe a couple guys that could do it, but you get four or five guys up there with old tires at the end of a race. People are impatient in the back. I feel like that definitely snowballs it too. Yeah, 
you really need to be able to be somebody who's been close to being able to run in the front of that field for it to pay off. Uh, it's paid off for me a few times when I knew, you know, it was only being a one or two lap shootout and I've stolen wins that way, but I don't, I usually am pretty good about not spinning out. So it, if you got somebody who's been running 20th place all the time and then they take no tires, it's going to be a moving chicane or a spin the tires. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, the numbers don't lie. All right, moving on. Uh, Roval news and highlights. Uh, lots of uh, discussion about the Roval. Uh, we're not going to be running it. Uh, we're running the uh, Oval, obviously, not the Roval. And uh, we had uh, Alex Labby, who's a uh, Xfinity driver, posted up a video of him at the iRacing headquarters on one of their rigs. They got a room there set up with like four different rigs. And uh, it shows him going around the track, uh, trying to learn the track and hit his marks and that kind of thing. Uh, Christopher Bell also tweeted uh, uh, that he was using iRacing uh, for testing at the track uh, as well. And then Parker Kligerman and Landon Castle actually uh, showed it on the NBC NASCAR America uh, TV show uh, this week. Uh, uh, Parker set fastest lap after Landon wrecked out at the final chicane on his lap. And uh, then also Justin Allgaier posted up Instagram video of him running laps uh, on the iRacing version of the Roval. Uh, Tyler Hudson did post that in the forums that it, we will get the track in the December release. It's good to hear. I was watching some of those videos. It's, that track's obviously going to be able to be, we could probably in the next season can use it in um, probably like Indy cars and stuff could go around that track too. I don't know. It, it, it just sucks because we're going to miss out on driving it when it's actually happening. I don't think there's going to be good racing at this track. You're not going to have a good race. You're going to see a lot of carnage and destruction, and it'll be a survival fest. I think it'll be... Um, yeah, I think that has a lot of potential to happen. I think if you compare it to Sonoma and Watkins Glen, I think Sonoma... You have to be really patient, and Watkins Glen has a lot of room for speed. This track kind of has the best of both, I think. You have the high speed on the oval half, and then you have that low speed, a lot of elevation change, and off-camber turns in the infield. I, I think it'll be different than anything we've had. I think there's a lot of potential for good racing, but it's going to be not like either one. It's going to be a very unique experience for sure. All right. Well, we'll run it next year, I guess. Uh, all right, Greg, you're next. All right, so the next one here uh, is a post or a YouTuber, uh, Matt Malone, who's someone I follow, uh, and his uh, wife as well, Samantha Malone. Um, he was talking about uh, how iRacing wants him to, he's going to live stream Petit Le Mans to, as a promotion for iRacing uh, to promote the Mazda. Um, hot lap challenge, challenge. So, I mean, that's a good thing for Matt. It's a good thing for iRacing because Matt's pretty good endorser of iRacing on uh, his channels. I've, I usually watch whatever he posts up, uh, whenever it's on. He's a huge road course racer and he loves the Mazdas when he's actually on. So, yeah, pretty cool that they got him involved. Uh, that's a neat idea, and I can't think of a better person really. All right, Will, what's next? 
So we looks like we have another issue with Knoxville. Um, there seems to be a bug with scoring. So if you're starting in the 15th or 16th place, you can actually get a black flag for passing the pace truck, um, even though the race is going green. So Tyler Hudson said they are going to have it fixed by next patch. Uh, no time frame on that patch. So if you're running Knoxville, you definitely want to get that qualifying lap in and not start towards the back. <laughs> that is a weird bug. They um, Last update, they moved the start-finish line because where it was recording the lap and where the flag stand was was two different locations. I think this is just uh, kind of some residual from that update. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes some sense. <laughs> Maybe don't race, race official Knoxville until that's addressed would be my guess. All right, uh, Chris, you're next. Uh, yeah, next is... Uh... A post by iRacing, they posted a video to its YouTube page where you ride on board with Diego Catalan and Dream Factory Racing as Diego navigates lap one at Monza in the iRacing VRS GT World Championship Series. I probably pronounced his name wrong, but man, that is a cool video. You want to? <laughs> there's people that argue in, you know whether uh, NIS NIS should start. Um, uh, two wide or one wide, you know, because we can't handle the, the two wide restarts. Man, these guys are going like four or five wide uh, on this, on this, yeah, the start of this one. race. Yeah, and filtering down into turn one is ridiculous. I, don't, I didn't see anybody touch anybody. It's 50 cars taking the start, and that's what's amazing. If you look at the 27-second mark of this, and you can see all of them bearing down to turn one, and it's just insane that they all get through there without wrecking. Yeah, it gave me a headache watching it. I couldn't imagine being in the middle of that. Anybody notice that? Obviously, he's whoever, wherever rendered this is an awesome system because the graphics are turned up to like eleven right now. They, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, this is an iRacing produced video, so this is on their YouTube channel. Check it out if you're interested. But it's just cool to see fifty cars taking a start. I thought that was a neat video. Okay, next up, we're going to talk about our special event, which is next week, which is Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, on October 3rd. And it's called the Beat the Hell Out of Cancer 250. And it's to raise money for Chris Scale's wife, Samantha, who's going through her fourth round of uh, fighting cancer. And so um, it's been going pretty good, uh, the, getting everyone signed up. Greg, and we have a few slots left to, to fill, but we have a good turnout so far. Yeah, it's, uh, it's turning out pretty good. Um, if anybody's still interested, we still got got some room here, and uh, we'd like to try and fill it up as much as we can, because a race at Daytona with a full field would be an awesome race, and it would really help out Samantha and Chris. Uh, and it's starting to look like a really good race. Uh, we tested the hammer setup last Thursday, and uh, his ideas on it uh, seem to be, uh, it might mix well for some good racing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we we did some more social media posting and got a few more people signed up. And uh, we just need a few more. So if you guys want to get involved, please do. It's a $25 buy-in. And I think what everyone forgets about this event, and of course, every dollar goes to Samantha uh, for her help with cancer and she, what she's trying to do is get moved back to where her family is, uh, so they can help her. And, but that $25 buy-in gets you into the race, but there's a bunch of prizes. And we were really talking about that. Max Pappas wheel 
Uh, it's over a hundred dollar value. You get to pick which one. Uh, that's for the winner. Uh, second and third place get a twenty-five dollar Max Pappas gift card, and then stage winners get a Papa John's gift cards, twenty-five bucks. And then there's other prizes like hats and the mystery award, which is uh, probably something for your woman. And so lots of different things you can win just by participating in the race. So even if you're not going to win, you could win one of the other items that uh, are going to be up for grabs. It's going to be broadcasted by uh, Rudy Cummings, the godfather of broadcasting iRacing. Uh, I, I worked with Rudy a long time ago back in the day, and we're going to be over there on Max Speed TV. So I want everybody to tune in and watch on Wednesday night as well. Uh, if you're not going to be participating uh, now to get entered, how do we do that? Greg, we go to GoFundMe and we search the words Samantha Marie round four, Samantha Marie round four. The very first entry you find is the one you donate at least $25 to. And then you email Greg at Greg. Uh, frozen cactus, uh, frozen with two O's cactus with two K's at gmail.com. And, and that's it. Uh, yeah. It's that simple. And so just send an email and then Greg will notify you about the details, how to get on the max speed uh, team speak. Uh, we want you on there because uh, the broadcast team might want to talk to or the drivers and that kind of thing. And we can also coordinate, you know, giving out all these fantastic prizes. Anything else? Uh, Chris, I guess give us a personal update about how it's going with this uh, round four. Um, it's, it's a little rough to start off. Uh, she's, um, uh, she's doing okay. It's just, uh, she's in a lot of pain. So, um, basically what the, the treatment consists of is she'll have, uh, like this last Thursday she had chemo and then the following week she has to go in every day to get these shots that are supposed to keep her immune system, keep her white cell count up because chemo, you know, destroys your immune system. And uh, typically these shots just cause some aches and pains, but for her, these shots have been causing just, uh, just unimaginable pain. Like it just, it's pretty much like she's feels like she's being crushed and it's just, it's pretty much the beginning of the week. That's uh, why I missed a podcast a couple of weeks ago and she was actually planning on being on tonight and uh, the pain's actually um, starting to go away some, but she's she hasn't really slept in a few days, so she just kind of she's out of it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, and the good news is, when you go to the GoFundMe, um, it's more than doubled, guys, since we started this effort. So, it's already been a huge success, more than I thought it was going to be, and uh, we appreciate everyone who has uh, donated to the GoFundMe, including. Greg, we, we heard from a listener of the podcast that couldn't make it to the race but decided to donate anyway. Yeah, he personally messaged me and uh, said he was donating. And uh, I was just going to bring it up here so I can find, just to say who it was because um, I posted it up on our messenger. Uh, Danny Bates, he, he was wrote a personal message uh, for uh, saying that he was going to donate uh, even though he couldn't make the race. So we appreciate that Danny um, and I'm sure Chris and Samantha really do and uh, they just need the support they can get yeah and the good news it looks like uh, the GoFundMe amount is going to be enough to get them at least help them get moved so um, it looks like it's going to be a success so uh, we're happy to help Samantha and hope uh, she feels better 
All right, let's keep moving. I got the next one, actually. Um, today it was announced that uh, the, the team owners and NASCAR and everyone have uh, voted and decided that the 2019 NASCAR rules are going to change for the NASCAR Sprint Cup car. Uh, they're going to run the uh, what they call the uh, All-Star package that they ran last Charlotte in the spring at the All-Star race where they tapered the spacers or put restrictor plates on them. Uh, and did some different venting uh, with vents and whatnot. Uh, what is your guys' reaction to this news? Not real ecstatic about it, honestly. I don't think that's the direction they need to go to fix the racing. And really, the racing's been pretty good these last couple of years, in my opinion. That yeah, sounds like something a little bit too drastic. Maybe something like it worked okay in the All Star Race. Maybe something to have in a couple of tracks, like the All Star Race. But man, it just it sounds it sounds like a bad idea. But I don't know. I'm assuming they've tested it. Maybe they 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 have to know more than us. I would hope. Boy, it's crazy, you know, to think about that they want to do that on all tracks next year. You know, even small tracks. Which doesn't make any sense. That doesn't. That that seems like it's like like what's it going to do on the road courses or you know, this, right. like a tr- or a track that like Martinsville, where you get down to low speeds and then you got to try and get back up to a speed with a restrictor. Well, I'm hoping that maybe I mean maybe the plates are always there, but maybe they're not always used. I mean maybe they won't be used at a short track, but maybe they'll always be there. So if they decide on a Saturday they want to you know tune something out of the motor, they can. Uh, I, yeah, I can't see. I can't understand using a, a plate at a short track. That sounds terrible. I think they're just trying to find a way to deal with aero push, which has been an issue for 20 years. Uh, I personally don't look forward to it. I think it's just going to make the cars even more equal. And that's the reason passing is so hard is because everybody's so equal. And yeah, you know, I want to talk about how does it affect us on the iRacing side too. And how it does is if NASCAR permanently changes the car package like that, iRacing is soon to follow. We're going to have the changes in five or six months after. Uh, so next summer, we'll end up getting this new car that's restrictor plate every week. And uh, so that means we're going to be racing it. Now, uh, my perspective is I think I would actually probably excel at that kind of racing just based on how I race at restrictor plates now. But I don't think it's a good idea. I like how hard the car is. That's why I like the A cars because it's so freaking hard to drive. Well, is this also going to cause a problem where what's the point in having three-pedal systems now? You don't need the brake pedal anymore. You're just going to be floating it into the corner anyways. Like, I think I think teams are building these cars to disrupt the air so bad on the next car. And like, like David said, they're so close together that, you know, they're trying to sabotage the next guy's car with the air coming off their car. Yeah, we had a good discussion earlier amongst the team about this, and everybody had a similar reaction, I think. It was not great news. If you followed uh, NASCAR people on Twitter, I can guarantee you that the fans don't agree with this. I can't see any fans that really like this. They're in the smallest, smallest minority. I don't understand how car owners would be for this as well. I mean, they're going to tear up a lot of stuff. Um the only person I could see being okay with this is 
the guy selling them sheet metal. I mean, they got Danica and Trevor Bain to retire. They're like, man, we're going <laughs> to go out of business here. Let's put some restrictor plates on these bad boys every week. So I don't, I don't get it. Um, sometimes you got to take a step backwards to make a step forward. Um, I mean, I hope it's good. Don't think it is. And if it's not good, I hope NASCAR would change, but they don't really go back on their decisions very often. The only, the only thing they ever did thing. was the COT with the wing. And that's maybe well, that's what will happen to get away from that though. No, they went, they, they got rid of the wing off of halfway through the season. They took the oh. wing off once they had run it and realized that that last incident between Carl and uh, Brad, when he flipped him on at Atlanta was the last straw. Yeah, but that safety wise, I see them making changes, but we got the splitter during the era of the COT and we've had it ever since. And I think there's a lot of discussion about that being what causes a lot more of these aero issues. So, and I mean, they haven't got rid of it yet. I think if you poll 100 NASCAR fans, half of them are going to say, take the splitter off. And if you poll 100 drivers, they're going to say the same thing. It's, I don't, that seems to be the common consensus. And NASCAR's like, hey, let's put a restrictor plate on this thing. I don't, I don't get it. An interesting part of the discussion was brought up back when uh, front, not front row, furniture row announced they were quitting. And there was, I think it was not a Wallace boy. It was um, the Toyota owner that got busted for the jet fuel. I'm so bad with names. Uh, Waltrip? Yeah, Waltrip. He posted about about basically it's just getting too expensive to, to run the cars the way they are. And um he basically essentially said that there is nothing stock about the car. And I'm, and I'm wondering how much more stock are sports cars. You know, I drive, I drive the GTE a lot and I'm wondering if those cl- cars are that much more close to an actual stock car. And because the aero push just seemed to kick in as much in those cars. I, don't yeah. know. I, th- I think on the GT cars though, the thing is, is the equalizer is the ro- is the driving aspect of it. Whereas in the, the the oval side, you can you can be a little bit slower and still screw up somebody's line and and still keep a position, right? You can make it. You can defend and make it hard on on a road course too. It's just it's not as packed tight. You're not around as people as much. Well, another question is who's driving this change? Uh, Brian France is gone. He's out boozing it up somewhere. Uh, we have a new guy that's supposedly the inherit of NASCAR, the uncle. Is he driving this? Or we know the drivers aren't uh, driving this. None of the drivers have come out saying they like this. Um, most of them are against it. I think most of the fan base is against it. So who is driving it? I mean, we did hear that NASCAR is up for sale, and maybe NBC is interested in buying it. Is it NBC, the TV package, that's driving it? Well, it, sorry, if that's the case, from from my take on this, if they're going to do it, it's, it's going to seem like all the, you know, let's say all the mile and a halfs are going to technically be the same freaking race. That's how I see it anyways. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, why why would you want that from a, a broadcasting standpoint? I don't know, but... Uh... I'm not real pleased about the whole announcement, but we'll see. It's not official or anything like that, but uh, it is from a very good source. 
well, if nothing else, it's going to give us something to bitch about for the whole off season. So um, they got that going for it. They're, we're talking about it. Yeah. And then how fast will I racing follow suit is always the question. Well, does that mean they're going to call it the, you know, we got the tire model. So now you got to have the aero model. Well, I'm sure it's just a few tweaks to get it to the new package. They put in the Daytona Talladega engine. They put in a different gear. You know, yeah, the arrow's going to change a little. They got to make the draft a little bit better than if they're going to do that, like, depending on what it's going to be. Because even, you know, Daytona and them are still have some problems with the way the draft works. Yeah. All right, let's get into hardware software. Greg, you're up first. Okay, so I was just, this is the first I've seen this, but uh, I researched, uh, I guess, Jokin Rinnick. I'm sorry for your name, man. I'm sorry about, the, about how I said that. Uh, Post in the forums, the project, uh, it's a beta test on do it yourself motion setup. Now, I looked at this and I was looking, I was like trying to figure out what he was doing, and then I realized, oh, okay, so it's, you buy the uh, actuators. Um, from them as well as the software and you can build it yourself onto your own rig um it shows that uh i guess 500 us is that for one actuator or each, all the yeah. actuators each. is each so you're looking at two grand you to try four. and try and outfit your rig but uh it's got all the plans and stuff on how to use it for yourself um and you can it's actually a very interesting post watching how you know it works, but uh, you know you got to set it up with. Uh, I guess they have their own software they're selling, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about doing your own do-it-yourself one, adding to your own rig? I love it. What a that that's absolutely awesome. Um, Boy, it looks awesome. I'm you know I'm I'm sure there's it's not just a you know as, as simple as a plug and play, but I guess you know building your own rig and now you get to add add, add uh, motion to it and it's you know it's still kind of expensive but um, in the grand scheme of things it's it really isn't um, I think it's a great idea it'd be a lot of fun and for a fraction of the cost that we normally talk about and we, we have a lot of different sim rigs that we're going to talk about but um, uh, motion rigs but this one is awesome if you look at the video and how it moves around as he's driving I'm just mesmerized by it, uh, the way it looks. And he's got an 80-20 rig that's just sitting on these four hydraulic posts, basically. And the posts move up and down, moving the four corners of the rig. And it makes it simulate the car moving around. Now, this setup is unique because the, the monitors do not move. The monitors are stationary on the ground in front of him. But this would be awesome for a VR setup, too. But there's probably a possibility with that setup he's got, you could mount a monitor to it. Yeah. He's actually running VR. Um, in that rig, you can't see it on his head. Oh, I see. But the way, like, when you watch the monitor itself. You can see the cable. Yeah, you can see the way it moves around and everything is definitely VR. Yeah. Yeah, at one point there, he lifts up the um, VR, to, and it, you can see it lift up. So, Tony, you feel like you could build this if you followed these plans and stuff, if you had the 2K? Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, like, I, I'm sure, you know, I wouldn't be able to sit down and just do it in a day. It'd be something I'd have to research and learn and get my head wrapped around it. But, um, you know, I, I, I love that stuff. You know, like I, I built my own button box. I built my, my rig. 
and I'm working on, you know, building a, a handbrake and a sequential shifter and, you know, and I'm doing it as, um, as, as cheap and, um, you know, kind of rudimentary as possible. Now this is obviously more than that, but yeah, for, I, I love to sink my teeth into, into stuff like that and kind of work out the little, little kinks and, and, uh, you know, my stuff may not look all that good, but it's, it definitely works well. This would be a great upgrade. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find out more information, search the forums for DIY motion. All right, Chris, you're next. Next, we have a lightly used open wheel cockpit for sale. Uh, iRacer Mark Lutz posted a carbon fiber open wheel cockpit for sale. The rig includes a Bodner Sim Steering Direct Drive Force Feedback Base, no wheel, and chassis mounted triple monitor mount. All for four grand. That doesn't really sound like much in the description, but it's actually a pretty nice rig. Doesn't look particularly comfortable, but it looks very realistic. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't want to sit on that without any foam because that would be probably uncomfortable after a long race. Yeah, definitely. And it looks like it has hydraulic pedals, but what are those giant? So you can see them in in the the bottom of the rig, but they have those giant hydraulic lines that look like coming over to the right hand side of the chassis. Xf four. I don't know. Leftover from the real car, maybe. Yeah, I think it has to do with like a front to rear brake bias. Maybe it's a bike bypass or something. Oh, yeah, just left over from the actual car itself. Yeah, because this is an actual race car tub, you know, so to speak. If I'm not mistaken, I think he tried or showed this rig on here. Not the rig, but the tub itself for sale a while back. Um, Mark does the fast track sims, and if I'm ever going to buy a new rig, that's definitely where I'm going to get mine. He, his rigs are really, really beautiful machines, so... That's a if you're into open wheel racing, that's a nice rig to get right there. I was gonna say how uh, how crazy is the racing that it needs a roll bar? Yeah, well, that's so. for when that that's for when he uh, orders that that motion uh, <laughs> setup, right? Now go. You see the post from Mark Lutz. Click on his signature below his post. Uh, he actually is involved with the FastTrackSims.com, and they have an awesome cockpit. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, check that baby out. So you guys are saying about the comfort of this cockpit. Now, um, <laughs> a, a buddy of mine is uh, needing a little bit. Of, he just need, needed to, to get away. So so him and I, we took a two-hour trip to go, to go go-karting because, I mean – you know, when, when you need to blow off some steam, what better way to do that? So um, in, in our area, the fastest ones that I could, uh, that I know of um, have this, you know, it's, it's like an F1 style seat where you, you know, kind of tubbed out like this. And um, yes, you got to, you know, a little bit of padding, but man, I tell you, I could sit in that thing all friggin' day. And well, I was in there for a solid two, two and a half hours. Anyways, we blew we blew a fair amount of money uh, turning laps. That was great. Nice. Yeah, when I used, when I used to race uh, speedway sprints, I used to have a, a aluminum seat with no padding, and that thing was the most comfortable thing in the world because when you were in it, you were fully in it. There was really no moving or wiggling around. Um, it looked uncomfortable, 
And when you're racing, you're hitting some bumps. It could be a little rough, but when you're just sitting there, a good racing, a good racing seat, man, that's the best seat in the world right there. Yeah, he's got a cool website, FastTrackSims.com. Lots of stuff for sale. Pedals, cockpits, mo three-way monitor mounts, seats, all kinds of cool stuff. I'm just like a, a kid in a candy store looking at this stuff. Pretty cool, so check that out. All right, uh, next up, let's keep moving, is me. I'm going to talk about an email from... Ben, again, he sent us an email last week telling us how to uh, set aside our INIs in, as we switch between triples and VR. And he said I left out an important step, and he wanted to point that out. Uh, he said, if the listener keeps the two files named as the render DX11 VR and render DX11 monitor, then iRacing will not use either and will automatically create a new one called render dx11.ini file. You need to decide which edited INI file to use and rename it back to render dx11ini each time you change it. So you not he's saying you got to take it the file and drop it into the folder and rename it back to the original name render dx11.ini. So don't forget that step. So basically you have those two files made as those so you know which one's which, but when you right. put it back in the file, you have to put it back to render Direct 11 in uh, INI it has to always be named that. Yep. And he did confirm also that uh, you can have air, all triples plugged in and VR at the same time with a GTX 1080 Ti. I think the non-TI has enough ins and outs too, because I've got a non-TI, just a regular 1080, and it's it's got five different outputs. Okay. Yeah, same on the 1070. All right, Will, you're next. Yeah, so there seems to be a Netgear router issue going about. Um, Nicholas Bailey of the iRacing staff posted in the forums. Um, there's a lot of people posting about these issues with these Netgear routers, even on Netgear's site directly. So if you're having an issue, you want to reach out to Netgear um, because this is something with their firmware or software that's causing these issues on these games. And it's kind of really out of iRacing's hand at the moment. So if you're having network issues and you have a Netgear router, um, I definitely reach out to Netgear, try to get the ball rolling on that. Maybe they get enough complaints from gamers who those guys love their internet. Um, they'll get this thing fixed pretty quick. I have that exact router. I haven't, I haven't had any problems. Yeah, and Netgear Nighthawk. Certain Hawk. models, <laughs> I think. Well, that's actually kind of good because I'm believe i'm going to be in the market for a new router here shortly i just found out mine's uh mine's old and no longer being supported so um by this post and i know we've talked about this in the past um i think i definitely need to stay away from netgear i've got a netgear and haven't had any problems with my wired connection but it's mine's an older router too that's due to be replaced pretty soon and i'm having issues with the the wi-fi connection dying quite a bit even though the wire connection stays stable the, the truth is where i live it's hard not to buy not buy a netgear i mean that's all they sell in a lot of electronic stores like best buy you walk into a best buy yeah you know well all they have is netgear yeah you'll get i think like five netgears and a linksys or an asus i have the linksys so um 
But they yeah, really you, push it. They push a certain brand, yeah. Yeah, that's what we got we got the most training on, so that's what a lot of people will speak to, but yeah, definitely do your research. Um I have links to sign, I love it. Um I I hate Wi Fi issues, so you gotta be careful about that. Okay. Greg, you're up next. Alright, so it looks like iRacing has uh, added a protest tracker now. So I guess when you're in the support.iracing.com, you can track any protests that you have sent out. Um, and uh, looks I might be needing to use this today, so it'll be interesting to see what happens from it. But that's first I've seen it. Um, what do you guys think of them adding something where you can follow it now? I think it's appropriate. I mean... You can see it in, in writing what the status is of a protest that you're involved with. Either you're getting protested or you protested somebody else. You're going to see both of those entries there. Um, now, to find this, you go to support.iracing.com, and across the top, you'll see tickets. Click, click on that, and then where it says all tickets, or down below, there's a drop-down. you got to make sure to select all tickets. Phew, I got no protests against me. There you go. But when you click into one, uh, you'll see information about it. Uh, like I protested a guy a while back for intentionally wrecking during, uh, I think it was a carb cup race or something. And uh, when I click on it, it shows the date and time. It shows the name of the driver I protested as well as his driver ID. Uh, the session link to the results. Uh, which violation it was. Uh, and then a, an attachment to the actual replay as well. And um, it even shows who from iRacing worked the case, which uh, was always a mystery until now. But I, and, and you think it's always Nim Cross, but it's not. This particular one was done by Samuel Rausch. User entered your channel. So pretty cool. Uh, check that out if you're interested. All right, now, let's jump. Yeah, go ahead. Do they, do they stay in there for all the time, or do they disappear once it's done? Well, it I, looks like there's different categories. You can uh, look at open or pending or resolved and closed. Okay, so there's, like, it just, like, files it into yep. its own area. Uh, yeah, I have one where I processed only one guy, but it was eight months ago. Um, I forgot the guy's name until now, so now I don't remember who to watch out for. There you go. All right. Uh, next up is results. Let's finish off Richmond. Uh, wow. Thursday fixed I ran. I wrecked out. Bad. I mean, I suck at Richmond. I don't know what it was, but I just had a terrible time. Uh, and then Sunday fixed, I also got DQ'd out from too many incidents, actually, because I, I was just coming off late off the corner and getting loose and then slapping the wall off a of four. I'd like overcorrect and it bounce off the wall and I'm done. Uh, our teammate Steve Lou Allen got a P1 in NIS on Friday Open. He started seventh, spun hit on him on his own twice, but drove back uh, both times. Uh, last time was lap 140. He stayed out when everyone pitted and stayed P1 till the end. And so. He stayed out with a ton of laps left and just rode it out, and it worked because it was one caution after another. So pretty cool. 
You guys have any other thoughts about Richmond before we talk Charlotte? I enjoyed Richmond. Really? How, yeah, what I, was your best run? Uh, Thursday night, I pulled off a third. Uh, I was running top five mostly, and at Richmond, for some reason, I was really good on the restarts and would always gain a couple of spots. Then Sunday night was pretty crazy. I had a crash on lap two. The game just crashed. I'm five laps down and don't get my last lap back until two laps to go and race from 16th to 10th. Yeah, you were down Good job. for a while there, and you eventually got him back. This, I think you just persevered, right? Yeah, I was just – I had really just given up. I was like, I'm just going to try to, you know, gain positions by attrition, and people kept falling, and people, people kept falling. I finally got two waiver rounds, and then I got uh, – or actually two or three waiver rounds, and got, and got two of the – finally got in position for the last two lucky dogs and pulled in, you know, with that last lucky dog. It was literally a, a green-white checkered, and I, I had I was not damaged. I was I was running in the front all night, just couldn't get in position for the waiver rounds. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Allen, uh he had some good runs. He had a win. He had a P2 on Saturday morning. Uh, so he was probably the best of us uh, at Richmond. Let's talk Charlotte. Uh Yesterday, I ran fixed, P9, actually. I wasn't fast, but I did run you know, between 10th and 20th all day. I, I actually slid through my pit box many different times on pit road. I don't know why it was so slick or what I was doing wrong there, but still happy with a top 10. Man, that was great. Uh, Tony Rochette also ran uh, that day, uh, P22. He had a problem with his computer where the screen froze, it smashed the wall during the screen being frozen um, and ended, you know, while he was running top 10. And so it was a rough day for him. And then last night, uh, Wednesday open, I got a P13. It was a long run at the end. I kept going through the grass, but somehow held on for a P13. Uh, Tony, uh, boy, you had the worst race i could probably ever guess right yeah yeah i don't think it gets any worse than what i experienced last night and let me put it out fellas i apologize for the rage that i went on um i should have just uh i just keyed and i and i should have just stayed off it and just screamed at my walls i was hot i was really hot over it um so what happened is uh you know bottom split shenanigans like lap three, there's a rack. These two guys are like right in the middle of the track. I I go down to go around it. They let off the brakes. They catch me. Um, my my car's done. I, I'm smoking. I make it all you know, make it to the pits and almost uh, into my my pit box and my motor blows. And I'm like, okay, well you know what? Hey, that's good. I'll just you know take the hit and I'll get back out, throw some laps down. I wasn't in my pit box, um, so it wouldn't start. I had to adjust a little bit. Well, I got a blown motor. Okay, I guess I got a tow. I couldn't tow. That was it. I was done. I had to uh, take my P31, and um, I, I got hammered with I rating. That was a hundred I rating hit. So that's going to take me a while to get back. But yeah, sucked completely. So you were like a foot out of the box or something, or inches out of the box. Yeah, I would say inches out of the box. Um, like, I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is not happening. 
Yeah, if your engine's gone and you're rolling into your pit box and you don't hit your marks and you slide through it, you're done because it won't tow you, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it it was telling me like, okay, you got a tow, you got a tow, but I, I back out to go get the tow and no, it just, uh, there was just no towing option. It just would not let me. And you can't get a push either probably because you're in the uh, box. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. You. We were trying to come up with all ideas. Uh, Hammer said, oh, try to put it in gear and hit your starter button. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was I was mashing that starter button like you wouldn't believe. And, yeah, just nope, nothing worked. I just I just had to, to back out and uh, go lick my wounds. All right. Uh, teammate Michael Morley got a – I think he got a P6, if I recall. Uh, and then, Chris, you got P15. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I should put my results down as soon as the race is over because it was just last night, and I don't remember much about it other than just that I I wasn't in the the split with Tony. Uh, if we were were twenty five points difference in I rating, and I ended up one split up and a thirty two car, and I remember why I was what happened to the car, but it was just, uh, just kind of riding around most of the race, but P fifteen still got yeah, me not a, a bad a, result. Yeah, positive positive IR because I was such a, a low car number, so I get, I'll take it. Yeah, it, it beats like I said. It could have been Tony's run, like just start the race and get wrecked, no fault of your own, run to a glitch, and so yeah, he'll he'll take a P15 after you see a teammate after something like that happens to a teammate. So track temp last night was uh, 96, something like that, and today uh, when we ran Thursday Open, 120. I think it went up to 122 at one point. Yeah, that was nuts. You would think. I was telling, I think it was um, uh, teammate uh, Michael Morley the other day that you think if they weren't going to give us the Roval, at least they could have gave us a, a late afternoon start or something. I mean, <laughs> these, the track temperatures have been kind of nuts. That that one last night was actually pretty cool. Um, most of them have been... Probably around the 111, 115. I think the afternoon one today was one of the most extreme I've seen. That's got to be the hottest temp I've seen raced in race trim. Something like it hot. <laughs> it was slick, I tell you what. Uh, so the, the Thursday open, uh, I wrecked out with 30 to go. I could not miss it. I was running 10th most of the day. Very happy with my run. I was in the top split. I was not fading very much on old tires like usual. Uh, teammate Mike Morley, uh, he was worried about this guy. He told me, I forget the guy's name, but he kept saying, okay, this guy was recently banned from iRacing and he's back. Watch out. And so he's racing next to this guy. He's on the inside. The guy hits the wall going down the backstretch, not even in the corner, and bounces off the wall into Mike Morley. Mike Morley goes flying across the track. I go as low as I can, and he still clipped me, and I got taken out, blown engine. So uh, probably P30, I didn't even look. I was wrecked out, blown engine. Uh, let's move on to Greg. Uh, boy, you had an unusual race with a win. How about that? Yeah, that was my first win uh, this year. Uh, actually, my first NAS win. It's been my first win since uh, I think it was 2011. If I ever at last look, it was my last win. Finally, breakthrough. But 
broke through finally because it was my first season competing in NIS since I came back. Um, and I was, you know, top four all race. I led 100 and I think it was 116 laps. I think I said it was. Uh, sorry, 113 laps, and um, was pretty much the the, the lead the, the the car that was supposed to win that race. I should have won that race, and I did, but. Um, I had some was some charging from the end there from uh, Greg Gurk. He was coming after me, and uh, I didn't do what I normally do and screw it up. So I felt a lot better this time than uh, than normal. I've had a lot better finishes uh, the last little bit here, and I think uh, it's starting to come along. Now, total caution fest, and the big discussion during your race was, when do I pit for tires? When do I pit for tires? And you were staying out all the time. So tell us how often you were staying out and how long did you stay out, you know, uh, before you decided to pit finally? Well, there was one point there where there was cautions coming. I think we had six cautions in a row and I was like, I'm not going down. I'm not going down. But I think on the second caution of those six guys behind me went down and I was like, okay, I'm kind of a sitting duck here. But then the cautions kept coming up. By the time we got a further on caution that was to give the tires all back, uh, to equal, I probably had f- almost 50 laps on the tires um, with the caution laps, and um, I was able to stay in second place with against the new tires. But it, it was so hard because last week when I was doing Richmond, I was I was mad because I was couldn't get back onto the same tire strategy as everybody else because of all the cautions. And then this week I thought it was going to happen again, where I was going to have a good car and lose the race because I couldn't figure out what I want to do. Cause I was like, oh, I should pit this one time. And then as someone said, maybe not. So I stayed out and then everybody, I could just see everybody pull off, go behind me going down pit road. And I was like, yeah, I should have gone. Yeah. Well, good win. Congratulations. Uh, now in your split, we're also several teammates, Chris and, uh, Bobby Jonas and, uh, Flowers and David Flowers and everybody else got wrecked. Uh, Chris, tell us about your race. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, I was actually running right with Bobby, and we both got caught up in the same wreck. Uh, and it was it was it was a good chunk of the field. Actually, it was just cars everywhere. I thought I was through it actually, and just got somebody got in my right rear and spun me around, and had a couple minutes damage went a lap down and just i man it didn't matter what i did i just couldn't get back on the lead lap i think um i took a wave around at one point but that was like our one green flag run and i ended up having to pit for or i ended up uh just losing it to to greg because he was so freaking fast and i was on my old tires and i think we had an Another one when I would have got it back, but we had a caution before the um, uh, the green flag pretty much came out and it made a bunch of us go and a lap down. So yeah, it was just it was a struggle, but it still ended up with a decent finish, a eighth, just because of the attrition. Now you guys started on pit road and you regretted that, right? Um, it worked out okay for me. Um, I was, was able three laps too much. For those for it to work out for them, if I remember correctly, the guys caught them with uh, just before the caution came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had I was okay. Um, 
the leader was definitely running me down. We actually did have, that was probably one of the best runs of the race, is right when the, the green came out, we actually had a few laps, and I just about did end up going a lap down right there at the beginning. But yeah, from then on, once we got bunched up, it was it was a it was a mess for the most part. Particularly, we had a couple of guys that we we can. It's bad you can call these guys out before the race and say, "Watch out for this guy." But I mean, it was just you know guys that have uh, they're pretty quick for the most part, but just stupid, stupid racecraft. They're laps down and getting runs so they can go flying up through the center of the field, you know right through the middle of the two rows of cars. Like, <laughs> and you have to be careful with that. That's very protestable if you are going faster than the leader when the green comes out. You have to be the same speed as that leader or you're going to be protested. Well, and there's there's a protest coming for some one of the guys in that race uh, from some of us here because of what they were trying to do under caution. Yeah. You got to police these rooms, guys, especially that bottom split. All right. Well, that was Charlotte, uh, which continues on. Let's talk about the setup just a little bit. I mean, the setup today was just awesome. And boy, what a collaborative effort. I mean, I think a bunch of different people had uh, their hands on that. James, you joined us. Tell us about the set. You there? Okay, maybe he's not there. But uh, I think it started with David, ha uh, da uh, excuse me, Hammer, and then Mike Morley was working on it. James Wallace took a stab at it. Uh, so, what I do have to say is, uh, I know Mike Morley took a week off last week to uh, work, uh, uh, not Rich Richmond, because he didn't uh, have the track and he wanted to take the week off. Um, and he was working on Charlotte all last week, plus coming into this week and. The foundation that he set and then having some of us test with him and help him figure out what was we're feeling compared to what he's feeling and the different the different versions off of which we had like we had different options today going into the race and that's what we've been missing the last little bit is you know uh, three or four different options where we all can could all feel comfortable and that that's where today's ended up whereas you know we had that choice yeah and the set was great yeah, Greg and I were actually running different sets, and both of them were quick. I, um, Greg's—I don't know—he's a—he's faster, a little bit faster than I am, anyway. So it's hard to say how much was him and how much was the set. But for the car was tore up. Actually, when I was at the beginning there, when I was trying to outrun the leader, it was only Greg and the leader that were quicker than I was there at the beginning. Uh, we and Bobby and I we were staying ahead of, actually pulling away from the other guys. Just couldn't get away from those two. So, I mean, we had two sets that were, you know, different sets that were the same, you know, at a good speed. It's, it's nice to have that many sets to choose from, and they're all, you know, pretty quick. Yep. All right, uh, Dover's next week. Uh, what do you guys think about Dover? Self-cleaning racetrack. Uh, I'm not real fast there, but uh, it, by memory, I think I usually have good results. Dover's we'll slick track if it gets hot. That's the worst part. If they put a hot temperature in, that's not going to be a fun because the way you come off the corner, the car lifts up, and if you have no tracks, not on that track, it wants to spin coming out of two and four. Yeah, you almost have to wait till you're up over the hump before you get back on that gas. Diamonding tends to work for me to help with that. 
Yeah, and I know we're going to miss Wednesday night's race because we're going to all be racing that, uh, our charity race. Uh, so. Yep. That means I only get one start in the open next week, so that'll be Thursday morning. But uh, we'll do it. Um, let's talk league racing next. Uh, uh, Chris and Tony, you ran uh, the Old Bastards Saturday morning Xfinity race. Tell us about that. Yeah, I ran that one, and um, man, those guys are such uh, clean racers. I mean, between the, I was only able to run two NIS races last week at Richmond, but between those those two races, there was thirty six cautions. In the that Xfinity League race, I like said it's a you know, I think it's a sixty percent link, something like that. It's a long race, and we had two, we had two cautions. And I caused one of them. <laughs> I was I was racing racing hard with um for the lucky dog actually I think and just barely got into a guy's door and turned him and caused one of the two cautions. That race, I mean, I, I don't. There probably wasn't uh, maybe a minute or two of breathing time during that race. I mean, it was I was always racing with somebody. I mean, it was it was a blast. And racing for i don't know 15th or something like that i mean it was it was a lot of fun yeah well we lost you tony yeah sorry um my my race i I did the monday night arca race um i I didn't put that into the script very well um and i'm pretty sure i finished p13 um like uh chris i should have wrote it down as soon as uh as soon as I got finished up, but I didn't. Anyway, I, um, you know, this is uh, we were racing at Milwaukee Mile. Uh, it's a hundred lap race, and there's and there's nine incident points, which is like just totally outside. Like that is just totally crazy to me. Um, I ended up getting DQ'd with like two laps to go, and um, you know I, I got into I got caught in 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 two wrecks. Uh, thankfully, neither one of them. It was just uh, guys guys reckon and i got caught in it um but i did tap the wall hard enough to give myself uh, a 2x and had i not done that um i'm uh, i'm i'm extremely confident i would have been able to to pull off a top 10 because i would have uh been able to finish that race but yeah those guys are those guys are clean um you know milwaukee mile it's, it's a you know short track and we had uh Oh, almost 30 guys uh, racing, 100 laps, and there was just a couple of cautions. There's so much fun. Um, I've really been enjoying it. Now, Tony and Chris, I know, Tony, you just started racing with them. And, Chris, you've been racing with the Old Bastards for a bit. What do you think contributes to why there are so many, not very many cautions in there with those guys or incidents? I'm sure part of it's the accountability to the league, so they do have you know penalties if you know for bad racecraft, and they do if you step out of line too many times, then you won't be in the league. But I mean, they're not they're not super strict. I mean, all you have to do is not be an idiot, pretty much. But I think the biggest part is just the accountability. I mean, you'll you'll race some of the same guys, you know, racing NIS or racing any official racing, but with a, a league you're racing those same guys every single week and you're going to keep seeing that same guy every single week so if you don't want to get wrecked then you don't wreck them race like you want to be raced and i don't I just, for whatever reason is it just isn't that man it's just it's just balls out for like you know three quarters of the field it seems like 
Yeah, and uh, the Old Bastards Racing League has been really good for our podcast. We've actually driven our uh, our podcast numbers up ever since being associated with them. So uh, we're real happy to be involved with the Old Bastards. All right, cool. Let's keep moving. We're out of time. Uh, Matt Busa wins his first peak antifreeze iRacing Series win in his sixth season in peak. And, boy, he finally broke through. Uh, this kid is fast, uh, and uh, I was kind of surprised that it, that it is his first win, um, considering. Yeah, I used to race with Matt a lot back when in 2011 when I was on a lot more. He was uh, huge in the A-Car Series before the NAS and Peak Series went wrong. I think he's been a pro for at least, I want to say at least eight or nine years anyways. He's probably at least eight years been a pro. Yeah, so congrats to him. And also, another peak driver, Zach Novak, who's only 16 years old, he wins the NASCAR Ignite Series Championship. I watched this last night, and uh, it was an interesting Legends race and at Martinsville. And um, there was a lot of carnage going on. There was a lot of wrecking. Uh, not really on purpose kind of thing, but, you know, people were getting taken out, you know, and they couldn't do anything about it. Because if you didn't, you know, win your heat race or get advanced to the main feature. And if you got taken out, there's no caution. So you're not going to get back up there. So, but, uh, regardless, Zach Novak won it. And, uh, that's 10 grand plus tons of other prizes from NASCAR, including a big trophy. Yeah. Congrats to him. That's awesome. That was a really nice prize package. And, um, cool thing they did. I hope that they, uh, keep doing it and start adding more more stuff to their you know their esport lineup. Yeah, at the beginning of the broadcast, they had a guy from NASCAR on there, and they were talking about you know hey you know we're using this to as a feeder series into NASCAR. Uh, we're going to invite this winners, uh, which ended up being Zach Novak, to a combine, you know, like a, a driver uh, talent pool contest where they bring a bunch of young drivers out and they put them in a car and let them do some laps and basically test out for a shot a shot and so they're going to give him that shot as well so that's pretty cool all right uh let's jump into the final thoughts chris scales what do you got um it's been a pretty good time this week at charlotte we have some good sets i know um morley's pretty excited about dover next week too so hopefully that um, translates into a whole lot more practice time <laughs> instead of work because yeah, it was a it was a heck of a car this week. But yeah, I want to appreciate all the time he's put in on that thing. I know he has put a lot of laps on the track this week. Yeah, and it paid off. I mean, the set was just great. So yeah, yeah a ton of guys to have worked on it, but I think yeah, him and him in particular, like, he has really dumped a lot into that set. All right, David Hall, final thought. Well, I was sitting here looking up the uh, GoFundMe account for for the the charity race, and I was surprised to see um, my home state on the list. Chris, I didn't realize we lived in the same state. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so now or um, where we're trying to move back to in Indiana. Oh, good point. Yeah, no, I, I actually have family that live over in Bentonville. You know, Walmart capital. Oh, yep. That's where we've been for about four or five years now. <laughs> I hate, right. that you, I hate that you're going to be leaving because it is a nice place, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that reminder, David, about the charity event. 
If you guys need to uh, want to get involved, we still have seats available. We're trying to fill the last few spots. So please, please, please enter. Uh, GoFundMe, search Samantha Marie Round 4, and then email Greg. All right, uh, Greg, you're next. They can email me at uh, frozencactus at gmail.com, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's. Um, and my final thought this week, uh, well, I only had one NAS race that I was going to be able to go in this week, so what a one to win, I guess. Um, and uh, I want to thank... Uh, I want to thank Mike for that one too, because he did do a lot of work with the set and everything. But he also uh, he had a pep talk with me, saying that uh, he, he believed that I could win, and uh, I, I want to thank him for at least uh, talking to me about it and going over some stuff. So he said I was on the verge of winning, and I guess he was right. So um, thanks for that. Anybody can uh, follow me on Twitch at uh, Frozen Cactus, so Twitch.tv/FrozenCactus, and uh, I look forward to seeing what the results for the rest of the team go, especially with these sets this week. Yeah, let's get it. Tony Groves, final thought. Well, um, yeah, I, I didn't do one start at Richmond last week, and I don't regret that decision at all. Um, I was, uh, the thing that kind of made me hot about that start yesterday was that set was so good, and I put a bunch of practice time in myself. Just to, Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. I'll be, uh, I'm going to be shooting to run tomorrow night. And, uh, well, we'll see Sunday if I can, if I can make it happen. Um, other than that, I'm looking forward to that, uh, um, that fundraiser race next week. Um, I, I've been, uh, you know, doing a lot of smack talking on, on team speak here whenever I get on. Um, and, uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. I, I love that track and it'll be a race where I'll actually be able to race with all you guys all at the same time. That, I think, uh, I don't know if that's ever happened or not. Right, that'll be fun. So, yeah, and guys, you know, come out to the charity event. We're actually thinking about using that, too, as a as a idea of who to invite to our new league that we're trying to get off the ground here at Tifosi Racing. We're thinking about starting a league, and if you're involved in a charity event and we like how you run, you're going to be one of the first people to be invited to the league. So uh, keep that in mind, too. Uh, Will Gibson, final thoughts. Ah, uh, no, I'm just excited. Um, I got rid of my Oculus and going back to triple monitors. Uh, what? Watched, yeah, I watched about 50 videos this week on how to get these things set up right. And man, when you have it set up right, it it looks great, feels good, and my face isn't on fire after a 30 lap run. So, uh, you guys should be hearing about my results more and more soon as I hop back in the car a little more often and. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. I had a lot of fun today cleaning the script up and glad to be back. I know I haven't been racing as much, picking up some of my other responsibilities here on the team, but yeah, I'll be back in the car real soon and hopefully um, don't cause the first caution. <laughs> yeah, you welcome back for sure. I mean, you make a big difference in the podcast script. It makes it a lot easier for these guys to decipher what... We're trying to talk about, uh, and I know we've struggled the last few weeks without you. So, yeah, welcome back. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, boy, uh, Richmond sucked. I sucked there. I don't know what the deal was, but Charlotte, I felt really good. I mean, I was running top 10. Uh, I wasn't fading very much, as much on older tires, uh, and I felt pretty good about it. And so uh, looking forward to running Charlotte at Sunday night and Dover next week. So with that, we'll see you later.
Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.